coming off their first ever championship, the Rangers haven't done much this offseason. But is the little they've done so far good enough to make them the first team to ever repeat as World Series champions since the Yankees back in the year 2000? We're talking about all that and more on this episode of Locked On Rangers. Let's get into it. You are Locked On Rangers, your daily Texas Rangers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You are locked onto the World Series champion Texas Rangers. I'm Bryce Patrick, a cribbingly addicted Texas Rangers fan covering this team for 10 seasons, including all five as the founder and host of this podcast. Thank y'all so much for making Locked On Rangers your first listen every single day. If you're not already, you can follow me on Twitter at Bryce Patrick. You can follow the show at Locked On Rangers. Hit subscribe on your favorite podcasting platform and on YouTube, where the best way you can help grow the show is to comment nearly any single thing below. Now, on today's show, we're getting into why the Rangers is currently constructed, even if they sign literally nobody else before. For spring training, they are still good enough to go back to back as World Series champs. But first, today's episode is brought to you by Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code Locked On for twenty dollars off your first purchase. Now, let's look at this team as currently constructed. They have a few losses, and, and say Jordan Montgomery does sign somewhere else. Now, again, I don't necessarily think that's going to happen. I think the Rangers are going to bring him back, um, but in the Worst case scenario um, for the Rangers, the rest of the Rangers offseason plans. The worst case scenario is them doing literally nothing else. And again, I don't think that's going to happen, but it is a possibility and becomes more of a strong possibility the longer this ballet situation drags out and the Rangers drag their toes about um, doing much of anything. I think they'll, at, at the very worst, would sign like a you know backup outfield bat for some outfield depth, which bringing back Travis Jankowski basically. Um, But other than that, um, if this Rangers team doesn't do much, this is still a very, very, very good team as currently constructed. Their their key losses, if they don't sign Montgomery, would be, obviously Jordan Montgomery would be probably the biggest loss, obviously the biggest need of of what they they still need help on is is signing Monty. Also losing Mitch Garver is is definitely going to be a little painful, but I think the Rangers will definitely be able to make up for it. Losing Martin Perez to the Pirates hurts a little bit in that the Rangers don't have as much depth in their rotation, at least to start off the season. They've obviously got the three guys that are coming back from injury somewhere around the midseason mark um, in Scherzer, DeGrom, and Malley. Um, but to start the season, there's not a whole lot of depth outside of the top five that the Rangers are going to probably, hopefully, go into opening day with. They also lost a lot from their bullpen. Aroldis Chapman signed a one-year deal with the Pittsburgh Pirates. Will Smith and Chris Stratton both went to Kansas City. Uh, I don't see them bringing back Robbie Grossman um, and Austin Hedges signed a deal with the Cleveland Guardians. So those are the the biggest losses. And obviously you've got the the big storyline of, of how, what I think is going to determine a lot of how the season goes um, is, is how quickly and, and how well those three pitchers that are going to be out until at least probably at least mid-season in Scherzer, Malley, and DeGrom, how well they come back from injury and, and how they look um, when they how fast they come back and how good they look when they do come back. Because those guys are going to be Hopefully big parts of the Rangers rotation. I mean, opening day, the rotation probably looks uh, pretty clearly like, um, you know, having Evaldi, Gray, Heaney, Dunning, Bradford, those five you feel, I feel pretty solid about, especially with where the Rangers offense is. I think that, um, you know, their offense is going to be even probably even better, I think, this year. I mean, it sounds insane to say because they were 
I'd say pretty comfortably the best offense in the American League last year, and I think it's only going to get um, better. So, I mean, if you're thinking about if this team can go back to back as World Series champs, you have to look at first, is this team as good as last year's team? And I think emphatically, yes. And I, I lean towards better, depending on how much they get out of DeGrom and Scherzer and Malley. But I think that empirically, the offense is going to be better because instead of the most games played in left field going to Travis Jankowski, I think it's probably going to go to Evan Carter. Maybe it'll go to White Langford. Maybe it'll go to Lily Tavares. But either way, that is going to be an improvement, at least offensively, um, maybe not defensively, but at least offensively over what they got in Jankowski. Um, Mitch Garver was fantastic for the Rangers as their DH, um, but really didn't settle into that role until uh, you know about August or the second half of the season. And he only had 100 or 344 plate appearances. So I think you're going to be getting a lot more plate appearances from, um, from probably Wyatt Langford is, is my guess for who's going to be the, the majority DH this season. I don't think he's going to have an 870 OPS like Mitch Garver did this year. Um, I could be wrong. I, I could definitely be proven wrong. He could get somewhere around the 19 bombs that, um, that Garver hit in the regular season this year. But that's a lot of expectation to put on a rookie who has not even made his major league debut. Or maybe it'll be Justin Foscue. I think he is also going to struggle to get an 870 OPS. Or maybe you get a little bit of Ezekiel Duran, who I don't know if he'd have an 870 OPS. We'll see. Um, but I think the combination of those three guys will be an upgrade over what is what was mostly Mitch Garver and a combination of that and Robbie Grossman and uh, Brad Miller at times. I, I feel pretty confident in saying that those three, whatever combination ends up being as the Rangers primary DH, I think all of those are going to be slightly better. Then you look around the, at the rest of the diamond. I, I see Nathaniel Lowe probably having a better season than last year. I mean, it was really a down year for his standards. He still had an OPS plus of, of 111. So he's still you know, 11% better than the league average hitter. And he was also bringing gold glove defense there. I mean, Jonah Heim was about a league average hitter, much better in the first half, obviously before that uh, wrist injury really, really tanked the the last you know month of the season when he, he finally did come back from that injury. At Oles Garcia, if he has a season just like last year, uh, where he you know plays in almost 150 games, has nearly 40 bombs and an 836 OPS, and you know plays gold glove defense in right field, that's great. Um, Seager and Simeon. Well, I don't know if we're going to have another like a thousand plus OPS season from Seager, but uh, if you can get him to play and, and keep him healthier than more than 120 games that he played last year, I, I don't see why he couldn't have another seven war season and, and be an MVP candidate. Like it, this feels like, you know, I mean, it was an amazing season, but it's not like, oh, it came out of nowhere. I didn't expect Corey Seager to have an amazing season. It's like, yeah. Duh, he's been amazing for you know his entire career, and when he's healthy and on the field, um, keeping him healthy has been difficult. The Rangers did it in 2022, and they mostly did it for 2023. I mean, he obviously had those two injuries, the hamstring injury and the thumb injury that, that kept him out a little bit of time um, in uh, late July or August, whenever that was, um, but still... I don't see why those seasons that they had weren't repeatable. For Marcus Simeon, like I, I think he could definitely have a better overall regular season. An 826 OPS was was solid at OPS plus of of 122. Like that's solid in a seven and a half war season playing every single day. Like I, I don't see why he's gonna, you know, slow down. The the counting stats weren't as as like super impressive as as I thought they they might be. I mean, it's not like the I don't know that I'm expecting the 2021 season for him to have another 46 home run season like he did with the Blue Jays. Um, the stadium was a little more favorable to 
to his uh, hitting style than than Globe Life Field is. But but still, like I don't see why he couldn't have another twenty five to thirty home run season with you know thirty to forty doubles like he did this year. Like there's no reason not to expect that. So if your your top two guys are returning to form like like you're expecting to, some other guys uh, maybe we see a step back offensively from Jonah Heim or um, maybe Young ends up being about what he was this year. But I I, I think he's going to have a, a better season in twenty twenty four than he did in 23 because he was so incredible for the first half and a lot of his overall numbers for the year got got dragged pretty far down with how just abysmal he was initially coming off of that thumb injury whenever he did come back and he only played in what two two and a half weeks um towards the end of the regular season but he was just really really struggling in that month of september when he finally did come back turned on much more for the playoffs but like he's he's a really good player and he was a huge part of why the rangers got out to that big division lead in the first half and i think he's gonna be a big part of why they might just win the al west and maybe win it all again in 2024 coming up we'll look at some setbacks that i think the rangers could survive some things that absolutely cannot go wrong and why bruce bochy's teams never ended up going back to back in san francisco right after this word from our sponsors. This episode is brought to you by GameTime. GameTime is the fast and easy way to buy tickets for all the sports, music, comedy, and theater events near you. And right now, all users get $100 off when they buy a big game ticket with code VEGAS100. You know, there are so many different things you can do with that extra $100 if you're in Vegas. You know, you can spend it on, uh, you know, tickets to whatever great show that you're going to while you're while you're in the area for, for the big game. Or if you wanted to, you know, go try your luck at the craft table, whatever. They've got so many things to do in Vegas, and they've got so many things to do around here. I actually just use GameTime time this week to go to a Mavs game against the Suns and uh even though the the game didn't work out well it was still fun to go get tickets and it was so easy to use this app I mean it is is so convenient it is all the prices are, are right there you can see there's no not a whole bunch of hidden fees that just sneak up on you at the end they let you know exactly how much it's going to be let you see where your seats are going to be what the view is going to look like from there it is such a great app it is so clearly far and away the best way to purchase tickets you can take the guesswork out of buying tickets with game time right now all game time users get 100 dollars off a big game ticket with code vegas 100 terms apply just download the game time app and use code v-e-g-a-s 100 for 100 dollars off a big game ticket or if you're not going to the game use code locked on for 20 dollars off your first purchase download game time today last minute tickets lowest price guaranteed Now, another reason why I think the Rangers could definitely win the World Series as currently constructed is a part of this team that's going to be better next year, or this year, as opposed to last year, is the bullpen. And, well, the main reason is it's it's really difficult to have as bad of a bullpen as the Rangers did last year. It just felt, it felt insane how bad the Rangers' bullpen was during the regular season. Granted, it was very nice that they all had three relievers that figured it out and got hot at exactly the right time in the playoffs in October when it mattered most of Josh Spores and Araldis Chapman to a degree and mainly Jose Leclerc. And I feel pretty confident in saying that Jose Leclerc is going to be the closer to start the season. Um, I don't think it's going to be Kirby Yates. I don't think it's going to be Josh Spores. Um, And I feel most confident in, in Leclerc having a better season this year, or I guess I should just say a more consistent year this year than, uh, than in 2023. And I am still a very big Josh Spores believer. I 
I've, you know, we've all seen it in spurts. It's just a matter of can the Rangers keep him healthy? Can he, you know, stay consistent um, and be good Josh Bores much more often than he was bad Josh Bores? I mean, we all saw the, the streakiness of him. We, we all saw what it looks like when it's at its peak. At its peak, it is, you know, hitting a curveball, a beautiful breaking curveball for strike three to win the World Series. It was beautiful. And he was amazing, literally all postseason long. And if you can get a more consistent version of Josh Spores, which again is the question, is can the Rangers count on him? Are they sure that Spores is going to look, you know, more like a more consistent version of himself? And and I have to think yes. I, I really just think it's going to be the year that it finally comes together for Spores. And then there are plenty of other guys in the bullpen that just did not have, despite having good stuff and having like major league caliber stuff, just kind of fell off in what felt kind of unpredictable way, which again, like I talked about before the postseason run of bullpens are incredibly unpredictable. Relievers are predicting which reliever is going to have a good year from one year to the next is, is a nearly impossible task, but that could work in the Rangers favor of, you know, last year being down year. And then some of these guys having unpredictably good seasons like Brock Burke, I think he could definitely bounce back much better than than what he did last year. The Rangers didn't see him very much in in leverage spots in the playoffs, but I still believe in Brock Burke as a really good reliever. We, we saw that in 2022 where he was absolutely fantastic, like absolutely fantastic. And it wasn't like he had some big changes in mechanics or you know he lost velocity or his you know his stuff stopped spinning the right way. It just kind of didn't really happen for for Burke last year. He had a little bit more of a problem with uh, the home run ball. Thirteen home runs and and just one out shy of sixty innings is is not great. But um, you know, two home runs per nine innings. That's kind of what what sunk him. The the strikeouts were down just a little bit, but he still wasn't walking anybody. He wasn't allowing all that much hard contact. Uh, his ERA plus was was right around league average of one hundred two. That's fine. Granted, they lost a few guys in the bullpen of of Will Smith and and Stratton and. And Chapman, um, but I mean, when it came down to it, I mean, Chapman was the seventh, eighth inning guy sometimes. But was was again always a tightrope act with him. You never know um, what you're going to get with him. And having some relievers that are slightly more consistent, I, I feel like this is going to be a pretty solid bounce back year from Hernandez. I, I feel really confident in saying that. Um, and you know, the Rangers have a few guys who they're they're taking flyers on. Who if one or two of them break out in, in a decent way or just have a slightly better than expected season. I mean, we'll see what we get from, from Kirby Yates. I, I don't know what to expect from him. He had a, a solid year with the Braves last year and at his peak, he is incredibly nasty, which we, we saw a few years back with San Diego. I'm not expecting him to have that kind of a, a return to form this year at age uh, 35 or however old he is. I, I think that that might be, Behind him, but it's it's not impossible. I just don't think it's necessarily likely. And if he's just, you know, the Rangers aren't asking him to be, you know, peak Kirby Yates of have a, you know, get fifty saves and have a, you know, one eleven ERA and you know ten twelve strikeouts per nine. That's not what they're asking from him. They're probably asking him to be their seventh inning guy, one of their higher leverage guys, and uh, just be fairly consistent and. I think that's not a whole lot to ask, but there's some other guys in this bullpen who I think really could, you know, be solid, important pieces. And Antoine Kelly is a guy who I've liked for, for a while. I think him breaking out in a good way could be huge for the Rangers. Uh, Carson Coleman, who the Rangers got in the rule five draft from the Yankees. He's definitely got some upside and I think he'll get a 
decent chunk of innings this year. And then there's a few guys that are that are kind of on the fringes that could end up making difference. We know that Yuri Rodriguez has got the stuff um, and is incredibly inconsistent, but when he's on, he is very difficult to square up. And other guys like Chase Lee has has got you know some potential. Grant Anderson, we we saw him be very helpful in in spurts for the Rangers. And you know, there's other guys as, as well. Like maybe Diego Castillo ends up making. Uh, playing a role in this team or, or Daniel Duarte who the Rangers got from the Reds. There's some options there. There are some guys who, who could play a decent role, could have a good season kind of out of nowhere. I'm not saying that all of them will, or even most of them will, or even that any of them will, but if a few of them do just have unexpectedly good seasons, I mean, you pair that lineup, which again, like I said, I think is getting better this year than last year. You have a starting rotation that, in the first half, it's going to have some questions, and it's it's why I'm getting even more antsy about not re-signing Jordan Montgomery already, um, because the first half of the season is going to be it's going to be tough out of the gates for the Rangers. I don't want to like schedule preview too hard right now, but that month of April is going to be very very difficult. I mean, you start off with the opening series against the Cubs, and then you have three games in Tampa, and then you have two different series against the Astros within the first two weeks, two and a half weeks of the season. I mean, you have the weekend series uh, on the 5th through the 7th of April. And then the next weekend, excuse me, through the 8th. So you have a four-game series against the Astros is your third series of the year. And then you travel to Houston on the 12th through the 14th. The Rangers have a stretch of 16 games in 16 days, basically right out of the gate. So it's going to be tough. For the Rangers out of the start last year, I mean, they had a tough first couple weeks, but then they kind of got to find their form in in the end of April and in early May. And I mean, last year would have been really nice for the Rangers to play the Astros a whole bunch of times at the beginning of the year while they were doing really well, and not as many times at the end of the year when things were falling apart. But that's not how things work this year. So the Rangers are, are going to need some help from their starting rotation in the first half. But once they get those reinforcements back, and, and we'll see how quickly and and how effectively those three guys can return from injury. Um, But assuming they do, even if you have some setbacks from those guys in their return from injury, this is still a team in a very, very good position that I feel like is being slept on because obviously the Dodgers had, you know, one of the more incredible off seasons that anybody's had, like outside of when the Rangers signed Simeon and Seager and John Gray and a couple other guys all within like about five minutes of each other. That was one of the best off seasons that we've seen any team have of just in terms of just sheer total of improving their wing win production for the next year and talent level. Like that's very difficult to improve that much in that short span. And the Rangers did it. The Dodgers might have done even better of getting, you know, Glass now and Yamamoto and Otani all in one off season and then all Tiosk just all the other every other free agent that they've signed, which feels like pretty much every free agent. Um, But this Rangers team is still in a very, very good position. And we're going to look at even more reasons why they could win it all yet again in 2024, right after this word from our sponsors. This episode is brought to you by FanDuel. 
The NFL regular season is over, but there's still time to get in on the action with FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Right now, new customers get 150 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. That's 150 bucks in bonus bets, win or lose. Their app is so easy to use, and there are all kinds of different odds, including, like I was talking about, the World Series odds. The Rangers have the fifth best odds, according to FanDuel, to win the World Series. They're at plus 1,100. Other teams that have better odds than them are the Dodgers at plus 350, um, the Braves at plus 550, Astros at plus 800, the Yankees at plus 850, the Yankees? Head of the Rangers? Those are some pretty good odds for the Rangers at plus 1100, um, especially if you get in before they sign Jordan, re-sign Jordan Montgomery, or even if they don't, like I've been saying this entire episode, the Rangers have a very good shot to win it all. So head to fanduel.com slash locked on and make your first bet a layup. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. Now, the Rangers have a very good team as currently constructed, and and offensively, they've got a, a lot of depth to where they could sustain, you know, an injury or, or a setback or two and, and still be okay. But there are a few things that this Rangers team, I don't think, can, can suffer and still hope to win the World Series in 2024. The main one of those is Nathan Eovaldi. Nathan Eovaldi, especially in the first half, really, if he can have a almost identical season to what he did this year... I think that would be great for the Rangers. Obviously, you're not hoping for him to have a you know six to eight weeks of of being out in in the back half of the season, and, and you know you're not quite sure what he's going to be in the last like two weeks whenever he finally does come back in in um, in September, like we saw this year. But the first half, Nathan Eovaldi, who stepped up in a huge, huge way for the Rangers, that the Rangers need that in a big way this year. They also really need John Gray to, to step up and be consistent in that first half. And just they really can't afford much of any injuries to the starting pitching in the first half of the season before any of those big three come back in Scherzer, Malley, and DeGrom. Because you know, there are some people who are concerned about Cody Bradford. They don't think necessarily he's good enough to be a, a, a starter every fifth day in, in MLB rotation. And, and I push back on that. I think... I think that he is. I'm I'm not that concerned about him. Now, I don't think he's going to be, you know, an ace or or have like a Cole Reagans type season this year, uh, or like like Reagans did when he went to the Royals. But I think he's if he's your number five starter, that's that's a solid place to be. Now the question about that is is the depth behind those guys, because obviously your opening day five is, is Evo Gray, Heaney, Dunning, Bradford, in whatever order you want to put them in, um, but. If one of those guys gets hurt and, you know, they're all getting a little bit older and, you know, three out of those four guys have had, you know, some some real injury concerns with Yavaldi and, and Heaney and, and Gray a little bit too. Not, not as much the last couple of years, but in the past in his career, he hasn't really, you know, thrown 180, 200 innings all that often. But if one of those guys goes down, then who's who's coming up to replace them? Who else do you have? Right now, it's it's probably Owen White. Maybe it's Jose Urania. That is a not great place to be in. Or maybe it's Jack Leiter, if you're feeling really aggressively good about the final month of the season from Leiter. I, I feel pretty solid, but not, not good enough to where I'd feel super comfortable of throwing him into a, an everyday Major League rotation spot in April or May this year. Now, maybe by June, he's 
you know, dominating in AAA, and he's fixed some of those mechanical tweaks that um, were were his bugaboos for the first couple of years of his minor league career. And he's looking more like a guy who could be a middle of the rotation to, uh, you know, have a ceiling of a number two pitcher um, by, you know, June, July. But that's, that's if you're feeling really, really good about it. Even, I think, the most aggressively positive people on Jack Leiter, and I think I might be among them, would be very skeptical about him stepping into this rotation if, you know, say Eovaldi were to go down with an injury or even Heaney would to go down with an injury for, you know, two weeks to a month to six, however long in the first half of the season before Scherzer comes back and is ready or before Malley is ready or before even DeGrom. I think that's the, the biggest, the biggest thing the Rangers have to hope for and Rangers fans have to hope for, for them to be, you know, winning a world series in 2024 because once everybody gets back in, in the second half, assuming that everybody gets back healthy and effective in Malley, Scherzer, DeGrom, then once you get your playoff rotation where where Tyler Malley is probably your number four starter in a playoff rotation, with this with this team, with this lineup, and you throw John Gray in the pen or or Heaney in the pen, and you also have, you know, Spores and, and LeClerc as your other options there and, and Yates and whoever else is doing well in the pen, that that's a World Series contender right there. It's all about just getting to the dance for the Rangers. Obviously, they would like to win the AOS this year. That was really annoying for them. They're, they're still still annoyed about losing the AOS crown on the last day of the season. But they won the World Series and they beat the team that, you know, took the AOS crown of the regular season. And I'm going to laugh every time that I see the 2023 AOS title banner in the Astro Stadium because we all know who got the last laugh and it wasn't the Houston Astros. But because the schedule is so front loaded with with games against those you know playoff caliber teams and those really good teams uh, in the in the front half, before the Rangers get those reinforcements, there is a scenario where if they do have any of all the injury in the first half of the season, or they do have you know God forbid some injury to one of their all stars in either you know Seager or Simeon or Heim or heck even even Josh Young, like in the first half and, and the Rangers get themselves in a, a pretty big hole. It, it could be that it's too difficult for them to, to climb out of that hole um, if they get too far down early on. And so those first games are going to be important. And so the health of this rotation early on is going to be very, very important. The lineup has enough depth to where if, even if you do have a, a Seager injury where he's out for a month six weeks two months which is not great but the rangers showed they could survive that last year they survived it in what it was just a couple weeks into the season uh where where seager had that injury and ezekiel's duran stepped in in a huge huge way and, and josh smith also stepped up pretty big the rangers could sustain that or they have clearly the outfield depth where if, you know, if Evan Carter has an injury and he's out for a month or two months or whatever, then you have probably Wyatt Langford stepping in there and you, you feel pretty good about that. Or if, if Lily Tavares has another oblique injury like he did last year and, and has to miss like six weeks or however long it is, then again, you're, you're pulling in Langford and, and upgrading your DH, your DH is probably going to be Foscue or Duran. And you, you feel pretty solid about that. But Starting rotation injuries is, is not something the Rangers could can 
stomach in the first half. Now they could stomach some set a setback, probably hopefully not two, hopefully hopefully not any. Um, but if the Rangers do have a setback in one of those three rehabbing pitchers, and say Jacob Degrom isn't ready in August, like like we're hoping, and it's you know the end of of September or the middle of September, it, it's, it takes like a month longer to to rehab that Tommy John than initially anticipated. I think the Rangers can can stomach that if. Mally isn't ready until it's supposed to be the middle of the season around, I'd say mid July is, is when I'm expecting Mally to be ready, but say that turns into mid August. I think that's fine. If Scherzer who's coming back in either June or July, not entirely sure on the timeline there, but one of those two months, it seems like um, is when Scherzer is going to be back. Say that gets pushed back to August and you have Mally ready in, in mid July and you don't get Scherzer back until mid-August, and you get DeGrom back then as well. I think the Rangers could definitely sustain that. Or if if one of their relievers is sudden, if Spores isn't as consistent as hoped for, if, well, I guess it's really just Spores, because of, of the big three, if if Kirby Yates ends up not being what you anticipated and, and not being a guy who you can count on as your seventh or eighth inning high leverage guy, then I think the Rangers could stomach that. The one reliever who I, I don't think they could stomach having a just straight up bad season is Leclerc, because of the guys in this pen, I think there are guys with potential to, you know, jump in and, and be a, a solid seventh, eighth inning high leverage guy of whether it's, um, you know, Carson Coleman, like I was saying, the rule five guy, or it's Brock Burke stepping up again um, and having a better season, or if it's Antoine Kelly or Mark Church stepping up, I could see that, but having a guy who you can trust as your closer to be consistent and go in and get those final three outs. If, if you're, you know, moving him down the totem pole and you're asking Josh Spores to be your closer, then that's where you get a little dicey. Unless Kirby Yates is having a good season and you can count on him to be the closer. Then I think that might be more likely if, if Jose Leclerc falters that, that Bochy would go in and use the guy who has been a closer, who has got that experience of closing consistently in his career as we saw with with will smith earning the closer job early on in the season now part of that was just because will smith was the only reliever whose arm um was working properly and was able to you know throw strikes and get outs in that bullpen in the month of may when the bull everybody in the bullpen felt like they were just it was a prayer if they could get one inning without giving up a run um but yeah i think that the first half starting rotation if that stays healthy and jose leclerc is well he doesn't have to be as amazing as he was in october but just a good closer a good solid closer you can trust reasonably well i think the rangers no matter what else happens if they have that they'll be in contention and you're hoping for by august if if this team is you know in a playoff spot or within like two three games if by august 1st this team is either in a playoff spot or within two or three games of a playoff spot then i feel really good about this team not only getting into the dance but doing some damage of having that you know that postseason confidence in themselves because they literally just won it all last year and as long as this team gets into the dance you have bruce bochi in your corner and you have Say you have a healthy Jacob DeGrom and a healthy Nathan Eovaldi as your one-two punch. I mean, whatever the rest of that rotation looks like, with this lineup and 
honestly, whatever the bullpen even looks like at that point, how could you not feel good about this Texas Ranger team going back to back? I still feel really good about it. And I think a lot of people are sleeping on how good this team is, even if they don't bring back Jordan Montgomery. And if they do bring back Jordan Montgomery, you will not be able to stop me from driving this Texas Ranger 2024 World Series hype train off of whatever rails it happens to be on. That's going to do it for this week's shows. Thank you all so much for listening and subscribing. And until next time, don't forget to enjoy World Series champion Texas Rangers baseball.